The following podcast is produced by Positive Negatives and SOAS Radio, in partnership with SOAS University of London. It is a dramatization based on the account of a 21-year-old woman called Almaz. We interviewed Almaz in Ethiopia in 2014. She was living in a women's refuge in Addis Ababa, where she was recovering from her ordeal working as a domestic maid in Saudi Arabia. This is her story. I grew up in the Bali mountain of Ethiopia. It is a very beautiful part of the country. We were a poor family. My father worked and my mother looked after my two older brothers and myself. When I was 10, my father died suddenly. We needed money and my two brothers left to work in Saudi Arabia. That was eight years ago. We haven't heard anything from them since. I couldn't continue my school education because of our financial situation. So I had to work as a maid and my mother collected firewood to sell to other people living in the village. We began to talk about the future. Our dream was to own a little shop on the side of the road. Nothing big, but something that was ours. I decided it was my turn to make our dream come true. My mother tried to convince me to stay, but I decided to go to Saudi Arabia to earn money so we could set up our own shop. We went to a nearby town to visit an agent, and he was happy to give us a loan. Then I went to Addis Ababa for two weeks and was trained how to cook, clean, and behave in Saudi Arabia. I was excited to go. It was my first time away from home and my first time on a plane when I flew to Riyadh in Saudi Arabia. Two men from the agency were waiting for me at the airport. They took me to their office and took away my passport. Another man then drove me to the house. When we arrived, I was stunned by its size. The big gates opened automatically when we drove in, and I could see the whole house, a white, beautiful two-story building, with huge windows and columns, and a large garden full of flowers and plants. I did not know how much work was waiting for me to keep the house tidy and clean. When we walked up the driveway to the door, I noticed a big bird cage in the garden with colorful birds in it. The green parakeets looked and sounded like the ones I knew from home. The large door was opened by a young man. I later found out he was the son. An older woman walked towards me. You were supposed to be here 35 minutes ago. What's your name? Almaz, Mama. Your home is so beautiful. Mm. This way. We have those birds in Ethiopia. You'll be responsible for feeding them. Yes, Mama. You'll clean the floors in the mornings. They get so dusty, they just look filthy. Is it only me working here, Mama? Yes, but you'll manage. I can see you're young and fit. Don't make any complaints. No, Mama. You'll make the beds and wash the sheets. Yes, Mama. You can cook, I hope. They said you can. I think so, Mama. Well, can you or can't you? Well, yes, Mama. Well, I hope so. 
The last girl we had was worse than useless. We expect breakfast each day at 12, so please be prompt. Yes, Mama. My husband has important work and mustn't be made late. No, Mama. This is where you'll sleep. Keep your belongings tidy. You have a washroom next door, so do not use the family washrooms. No, Mama. You can go to sleep now, but I'd like those floors cleaned before you start breakfast tomorrow. We've been without a maid for a whole week now. Every morning, I would wake up at 5 a.m. I prayed before starting work. First, I mopped all the floors in the whole building. Then I did the windows. They were beautiful, but it took so long to get the dust from the previous night off. I need to get everything done before making breakfast at 12 noon. Almaz, what do you call this muck? It isn't edible. A waste. I'm sorry, Mama. I did the dishes, cleaned the birdcage, made the beds, cleaned the bathrooms. I cooked again, did the dishes again. Sometimes I did not get to bed before 2 a.m. One time, when I was making the son's bed, I did not realize he was in the room. He closed and locked the door, put on the radio and attacked me, touched me. This happened many times. It became part of daily life. At the end of every month, I asked Mama for my salary. I never got it. I couldn't leave or run away. The man from the agency had my passport. Every day that I cleaned the birdcage, I felt more and more like the birds in the cage. I realized I was trapped. Mama and the family often went shopping. I would accompany them, riding in the back of the car, to carry their heavy bags. They bought many expensive clothes, handbags, and jewelry. Hurry up, Almaz, Mama would say. This is a 12,615 riyal, madam. We have other tones in the back if you would like to see. No, I'll take these two in the handbag, but leave this one. Hurry up, Almaz. Yes, Mama. Watching them spend so much made me angry. My salary was far less than the money they spent on these things, and still, Mama refused to pay me. Every time I asked, she always had a reason to delay. For her, I was there to be invisible, to be a ghost. For several weeks, life settled into a horrible rhythm. Every evening after my duty were finished, I sat on the bed in my room before going to sleep. I often thought of my mother in Ethiopia, waiting for the money I was going to send her. How was she buying a milk? How much longer could she survive without my salary? Only a little longer, I thought, then Mama would pay me. And so I kept going. Every month, my debt to the agent increased. Every day, I thought of my mother in Ethiopia. My home and our dream of the shop felt farther and farther away. After about a year of work, Mama announced to me that the family would be going on vacation to New York City. I was not going with them. Instead, they were going to leave me at the house of Mama's brother-in-law. When we arrived at their house, it was so big, 
so huge. I still was not used to the scale. While I unloaded Mama's luggage from the car, I saw they had a maid like me. The other madame called her Devi and ordered her over to help me. As we carried the many bags up the entrance steps, I tried to speak to her, but she didn't answer me. We were not allowed to talk to each other. I wondered, was Devi getting paid? How long had she been here? Could she send money to her family? Before Mama left for vacation to New York City, I was determined to ask again for my salary. Mama, I am sorry. Before you go, I wonder... Oh, spit it out, Almaz. I'm tired. Before you leave tomorrow, is it possible to pay my wages, Mama? Oh, not now, Almaz. We leave for New York tomorrow. This will have to wait. But Mama, it is for my mother. She needs the money. She's waiting. I must send something. Please, Mama. Enough! She slapped me and told the other madame that I was untrustworthy. She told her she had to check on me because I was stubborn, argumentative, and made excuses. Within the new house, the routine was basically the same. I made the beds, washed dishes, cleaned the toilets, cooked food, cleaned the windows, and washed the floors day after day after day. The other madame always stood over me and criticized my work. Even more than mama, telling me the corner was not clean enough. Still, I was not paid. I kept asking. I knew my mother was waiting for the money and my debt to the agency was increasing. The other madame became tired of me asking. She pulled me by my ear, locked me in a dark room and only let me out to do the work. Devi still didn't speak to me. I watched and waited to see if Madame paid her, or if she was like me, trapped. One day I saw her. The other Madame did not want me to see, but I secretly watched her give Devi real wages. The next morning I was cleaning the long windows of the house. I was too short to reach the top, so I was standing on a chair. Then Madame walked by and I decided to ask her again about my wages. Madame? It's rude to speak when you're not spoken to. But Madame, Davy was paid yesterday and I have not received my salary. Well, that's not our responsibility. But I don't know when Mama Mason is returning and my mother in Ethiopia is waiting for me. I have to send her money. I said shut up. But madame, please. Shut up. I must have my salary. Stupid girl. I cannot continue without pay. I don't remember exactly how it happened, but from my struggle with the madame, I fell from my chair and out of the window several stories to the ground. I lay in bed mostly unconscious for about 10 days. When I wake up, My back was in incredible pain. I heard the madame and her husband talking about how it was my fault that I was stupid and accidentally fell out of the window. I did not fall on accident. I did not know then, but my back was broken. I couldn't move. 
so I was useless to them. They did not know what to do with me. I begged them to see a doctor, but they left me there. Finally, they gave me back my passport, forced me in the back of the car, and drove me to the airport without giving me any money. The family driver kept telling me that I would be home soon with my family. That is how I returned to Ethiopia, to Addis Ababa. I am here, unable to walk, unable to work, unable to go home. People should know my story. Written and produced by Mia Lane and Caroline Molster. Voiced by Hanisha Solomon and Sarah Masri, and sound designed by Joe Smith. This story was based on a testimony received in April 2015. Names and identifying details have been changed. Almaz's tale is that of thousands of domestic workers in Saudi Arabia and the wider Gulf region that are often silenced and made invisible. Almaz's story has also been translated into a comic. To read the comic and for further information on related issues, visit positivenegatives.org, commissioned by SOAS, University of London.